Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul, and my co-host Justin Baker here with me as uh, news on the Leafs front. We have found out, as you have as well, that Mike Babcock has been terminated as the head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and Sheldon Keefe, American Hockey League coach for the Toronto Marlies, will be taking over. So Kyle Dubas's boy finally gets his shot as the head coach of the Maple Leafs, and uh, what a lot of Leafs fans have been calling for for the since really since they lost to Boston last year in the playoffs was give Sheldon Keefe a chance. Mike Babcock overrated is what a lot of people believe. And uh, there may be a few Red Wings fans out there who are going, we told you. <laughs> but that is the situation that we're in right now. We actually planned on doing a Leafs deep dive before any of this happened. Uh, this the news broke at what about like four p.m. or something like that. Yeah, just today. about. Uh, it is it is Wednesday. It's about six p.m. now, and so uh, we we're planning on doing a deep dive in the Leafs, and uh, obviously this changes a few things, uh, and so we'll we'll break down everything that has to do with the Babcock firing, uh, what to expect out of Sheldon Keefe, the changes that he may make. Uh, obviously, some of these are speculatory at this point. The Leafs do play Thursday. Uh, against the Arizona Coyotes. So uh, we'll get our first look at what Sheldon Keefe might plan on doing. Um, yeah, I'll give you some uh, I'll give you some words. What words would you like to say? Right words. <laughs> <laughs> so generous of you to allow me some words here. Uh, yeah, that's all. That's it. Okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's 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 boy, it's really hard to to be surprised, but then part of me is still a little shocked by this because I, I spin. I I think when they lost to Pittsburgh six to one, I was like, okay, yeah, that was he's he's got to go. I I think it's time. I think he's lost the room. Maybe I think maybe the team is just sort of slipping away from him at this point. And I think maybe maybe they were thinking of firing him at that point, but they just wanted to wait till he got a little bit you know closer to home. Who knows? But like, yeah, but they're out in Vegas. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they did it. Maybe they're like, guys, we're on the road. There's nobody around. Maybe like we can just get rid of them and. Yeah, just let him go gamble the rest of his $20 million he's got coming. Yeah, the Leafs still owe him, by by my estimation, so 6.25 per season. He's got three years after this year. So that's 18.75. On top of that, we're 20 games into the season. So basically 25% or 23 games or whatever. So 25%'s already been paid out. So he's still owed another four point, basically $4.5 million. So Something he's like going to yeah. get, he's going to get a nice, uh, a cool 23 million bucks over the next three years. And he doesn't have to do anything if he doesn't want to. Very true. I Although, imagine he'll go, he'll go coach. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, I, I think he'll, he'll get a coaching job pretty quick, but I, I mean, so Sheldon Keefe comes in, right. And he's kind of looked at as more or less like a player's coach. Would I not be wrong in saying that? Uh, that, that would be correct. Okay. Definitely a player's coach and definitely a, a guy who is willing to, to test things, try, try new things and, is very into like like Dubis. Dubis mm-hmm. was hired because he had such an extensive knowledge of advanced stats. He was willing to to be innovative and and use people that nobody would ever think to use. Obviously, he wanted he's, the money he's the first. I mean, he's the first guy to hire to hire a female scout. Uh, there's there's a lot of things that he's doing that are like modernizing not only just the Leafs but probably beginning a, a path to modernizing the NHL as a whole. So. We're starting to see it in other sports as well. I think the NFL has female referees. Yep. And, uh, 
Arizona's got a female coach. Yeah, and, yep. So yeah. so there's there's some changes throughout sport. Really, Dubis probably like taking the mantle for uh, for the Maple Leafs, and he is looking to do things a different way than what Babcock was doing. And Sheldon Keefe was his guy down in Sault Ste. Marie when he was the GM of Sault Ste. Marie. Keefe was the coach, and he basically brought him with him, made him the coach of the of the Marlies because. At one point, Dubas was essentially running the Marlies when right. he first got there. Lou Lamarillo's there, along with Mark Hunter, and uh, they won a they won a championship two years ago uh, with a lot of these guys like uh, Travis Dermott, Andreas Janssen. There were several. Uh, I think Kasperi Kaepernick might have been. No, no, I don't think I don't think that he was sent down for that team. But there's a lot of a lot of guys that are on the team right now. Yeah, that, Justin Hall that played down. Yep. Yeah, for so, sure. So I gotta think a couple things are gonna happen. I, I'm I'm thinking of this as a not so much like the Blues last year. You know, my I, I, some people are starting to say, "Oh, see, this is like the Blues fired fired Mike Yo," and well, it was uh, it was in in November, right? And you know, and and Craig Berube takes over, and things start to it. It was a slow change, but then by the time January hit, they really hit their stride. I don't think that this is a, the same scenario. I think this is much more like the Pittsburgh Penguins when they fired, uh, I can't even remember his name, The he was a college hockey guy, Mike Johnston. Yes. They fired him. They bring in Mike Sullivan. And the, Mike Sullivan was their AHL coach. Mike Sullivan comes in and just opens things up. He changes, he, he changes the entire system and also brought a bunch of players up. That was remember that was Brian Rust comes up, Connor Sheary. There's a few other guys who who came up with him, and really turned that organization and their depth uh, around, including like releasing Sidney Crosby to be Sidney Crosby, and of course the rest is history. Penguins go on to win the Stanley Cup that year, and uh, and again, boo, and uh, boo. Yeah, I know you loved it, but <laughs> I think that it's more like that. I think that Sheldon Keefe's coming up and. You got to strike while the iron's hot. Like you've got some guys in the AHL and in it on the roster where they've been under your tutelage for a while. And I think he's been the head coach of the of the Marlies for this. This was his fifth year, I believe. If if I'm, they paid him a lot of money too to to stay to stay. Yeah, yeah. For for he was the highest coach, highest paid coach in the American Hockey League. I think he comes in and he he's going to change the usage of a lot of these guys. He and I think he's also probably gonna uh, like release the hounds in a way. Like, I mean, let's let's be honest. You, you know, like okay, the game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's six to one. Like, it's fine if they're losing six to five. I think we're I think we're having a different conversation. You know, if it if it when it's six to five or seven six, you're losing these crazy high scoring games. I think that we go all right. Well, how can they keep those couple extras out of their net? Not how can they score? I mean, this was. I don't think that there was ever a worry about this team not being able to score. All of a sudden, this team can't play defense and they can't score. Yeah, I think over the last nine games, it was like 69% on the penalty kill. They haven't had a lead in like six or seven games. That's that's horrible. Oh, absolutely. That's horrible. When you look at the roster they have, the amount of talent, I mean, injuries aside, you still, I mean, a lead... For God's sake, I know, you should I mean, be able to. If, if Nathan Horton could just come back, <laughs> call Joffrey Lupel. I'm sure he's free. I mean, really, the only guy, the only guy really hurt. I mean, you got Trevor. Trevor Moore is injured, and and Mitch Marner's out. Everyone else is there. 
It, this, this shouldn't be a problem. And, I mean, freaking Jason Spets is scoring goals. I know. He's got two goals in his last two games. Good on him. Really, everyone else can't figure it out? I think that this is... I, I really think that it had to be some some kind of like, we're not playing for this guy. Can no, I, I absolutely they, agree. They turned on their coach. And uh, unfortunately for Babcock, that just was what it was. I, I just... Babcock is going to need to do what uh, Columbus's coach... John Tortorella. John Tortorella. Yes. He's going to need to do what he did. Like, he needs to change. No, absolutely. I, Barry Trotz did it when he went to the island yep. or when he went to Washington. He's, he knows how to adjust, right? That That's what great coaches can do. That's what Stanley Cup winning coaches do. And so, you know, it's it's funny. I, I was listening to um, XM, and they were talking about the 2014 uh, Olympic team that he co- coached to the gold, right? Like the greatest team to ever lace right. up skates? One of the One of the greatest teams ever. Maybe I mean, outside of the the '87 Canada Cup team with Lemieux and oh my Gretzky gosh, on the same line, that was ridiculous. Um, yeah, so they they talk about that and they're like, you know, for a guy who who implemented this defensive system in the Olympics, nobody could score more than a goal a game against those guys. It seemed like yeah. nobody was scoring anything, and it's like, how did he get those players to buy in? Where his current team of he's got a lot of superstars on there can't do it now. And it was basically like, okay, well, Sidney Crosby bought into it. They were all saying, and because Sidney did it, everybody else was like, okay, cool, I'll do it too. Yeah. And so maybe he's just lost the room. Guys don't want to do it for him. Or maybe it's just the fact that, okay, two weeks is a hell of a lot different right. than doing it over the course of a Certainly. season. Or, and, and we're not talking about one season. We're talking about right. all seasons. Five seasons. But um, yeah, so I, I just... I he lost the room and I just, maybe he wasn't able to adjust. You know, when the guys aren't willing to play that way, you say, okay, well, well, shoot, if they're not willing to play that way, let's try their style or try something else. Yeah. yeah. I, I'll say this. I think Mike Babcock's still a very good coach. I think that he thrives in a position where he, where little is it is expected of his team. Like maybe they're, Oh yeah. You know, that team, maybe they can make the playoffs and he just milks everything out of players that he can. The problem is you can't really do that with Matthews and Tavares. Like these guys aren't guys that you need to choke. You know, right. it, it, that's it, his coaching style is like, you know, you think of a, a balloon and then when you choke it, all the air goes to one spot and you get this big tight, tight balloon. And so you're getting everything you can out of that one little spot. I mean, it just, you can't last forever. And the guys that are on the fourth line, I mean, those guys, they want to be in the NHL. Okay. So of course those guys are going to plug for you and that's fine. But when uh, you've got your superstars, this isn't when the, when he won the Stanley Cup with the Red Wings in 2008, mm-hmm. that team, and, and that was, I mean, that's 12 years ago almost, 11 years ago. Guys are a lot different. You have to be much different with players now. Plus, you know, when Babcock came in as a coach, he was the highest paid person on the team. <laughs> he really was. And he is not anymore. So there are people that have maybe more, more influence. More pull. And, and when you're not winning, you're not winning. And it's unfortunate because really you look at this team and you go, yeah, I can, I can see why like there are some holes in this team, especially defensively, especially when you, when Tyson Berry looks like freaking like freaking Jonathan Erickson right dude, now, he looks, he looks horrific. I mean, last night, even he just decided I'm going to go down the middle of the ice and try to deke out the last guy out there and. He got burned, and that's why the, you know that was the that was the game winning goal, and uh, it's just making bad mistakes. But I wonder if Sheldon Keefe comes in here, he's gonna go re freaking lax. We're so good. Just do what you do. Like 
I, I got to imagine that it's going to be a little less tight. And yeah. I don't mind losing it. Like I said, I don't mind losing games. If if you're winning games, you don't mind losing games 6-5, 5-4 here and there. Right. Like, that's fine. I mean, you, th- you if you believe that Frederick Anderson is one of the best goalies in the league, that's fine. He can he can handle himself if he's getting some breakaways or you know some two on ones because you're you're pushing so hard for offense. But at least then you're going to score. Right now, let me ask you this question: So the firing of Babcock is this Dubis trying to deflect some of the blame for his inability to maybe I, I don't want to say inability because he has done a pretty decent job this offseason filling out you know a lot of the depth of this roster, but you know the lack of lack of success this team has had is this like saying okay crap let's can babcock now because he's just he's obviously lost the room he's not going to No he wanted done. to fire him in the offseason. Okay. You know, we that came out Well sure in yeah the absolutely right so so at this point I think that this was finally Shanahan saying okay you're right this is this isn't working anymore and and I believe his uh Shanahan's quote was at this time we collectively felt it was best to make a change to Sheldon Keefe. And so that I mean that he said uh, you know, of course, he's saying all all the right things uh, about what Babcock did over the last five years and how grateful they are for for what he's been able to do. Yeah, never won a series in the playoffs. Great, <laughs> three three shots at the and 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 let's be honest, the first year they made the playoffs, they shouldn't have made the playoffs. No, absolutely not. Uh, but so yeah, they and they lost in overtime in three of those games. I think yeah. it was three of those games. So uh, they definitely had a shot to win that series. Uh, same with, I mean, two game sevens against Boston, but he clearly got out coached. He did. Absolutely. Clearly got out coached in both those game sevens. So I, I think, yeah, when you look at what Keefe has been able to do, I, I don't think that they had any choice. I don't, I mean, and now if the Leafs have been going, humming along, okay, you know, they're like the third team or the top wild card team or something. I think it'd be, it would have been different, but just the way they've been losing, I think Dubas was waiting for a losing streak. And he this said, "This was a losing streak." You know, Shanahan finally went, "Okay, fine. Like you got you got your guy, but now it's okay. You got your guy. Now everything's on Dubis. It is from Absolutely. this point forward. Everything is on Dubis. So that that to me is where I think we're going to find out what this guy's made out of. I mean, we've got he's got all his guys signed. He he hasn't been able to go out and he. I mean, I think in the beginning of the the season, if you said, "Do you think Tyson Berry will be good for the Leafs?" You say yes. Like good for probably fifty points. Ninety nine out of hundred people would have said yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Good. I think I think good for at least 45, 50 points. Not a stretch in any shape. Uh, Mikhaev's been a great little addition. I, I think there's there's been a lot of show like because of the the salaries that some of these guys have. You know, obviously we know the top three guys are getting paid a ridiculous amount, and so the the way that he's had to maneuver has has been nice, uh, but. A lot of those players just haven't panned out, and you don't really care. Like Jason Spezza, if he doesn't pan out, that's he's a seven hundred thousand dollar barium in the minors, right? Which he's actually not doing too bad right now. But it's no. the, I mean, Alex Carefoot signed to another four years, three years after this, which he's been fine, but it just doesn't seem like there's much of an identity to this team. I think that may be what Sheldon Keith can bring. Let's hope so, because I mean, that AHL, the 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 championship team from two seasons ago mm-hmm. that was their like their calling card was like here's their identity you you knew what you were going to get from them they were just this ballsy group of guys so i think he comes in and he he's going to give this team he's going to put a stamp 
and they're they're going to have some kind of identity. I, I'm really actually excited for uh, for Trevor Moore to come back. He played under under Keith, and Keith probably really made him the player that he is today. Uh, so I, I think there's there's a lot to be excited about. Statistically speaking, even if all their players play at their career pace, the Leafs, statistically speaking, have a less than 50% chance to make the playoffs now. Wow. I mean, it's still 22 games in. A lot can go right for you. Sure. Uh, but there also is the other side. Keith's never coached in the NHL before. So, yeah, you can, you can be buddy-buddy with these players and unleash them. But what happens when you have to go head-to-head with a guy who's been in the league for some time? And like a Barry Trotz. Are you going to get out-coached on a regular basis in some different ways? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think he's got, like you said, he's got two good tests coming up. Um, you know, you mentioned Arizona coming up this, what is it, Thursday? And yeah. then on Saturday, he's got Colorado. Granted, they don't have Rantanen or they don't have Landeskog, but they're still playing unfreaking believable right now. Um you know, so those will be two really, really good tests from one a team that you know shuts you down defensively and doesn't let you score more than a goal or two a game, and then another team on the opposite side in Colorado that can you know score and beat you six to five because they just that depth and it'll be interesting too with with you know Nazem Kadri coming back that'll be just fun to watch. Period. So, um, that, yeah, I I forgot about that little uh, that little connection. Yeah, the the Kadri Bowl. The coming to town, coming to town, and so, um, yeah. So a couple of good tests. We'll see if if he can put a stamp on this team here quickly, or if this will be more or less a situation where you know you you get to see what you have in the cupboards really quick. If you're you know Sheldon Keeve, and you can be like, okay, well, I know I got these guys that you know go out and compete now, and so you kind of get an idea of what you're gonna do. And you know, I I would love to see him just be really crazy. Maybe put Tavares and. Uh, Matthew's on the same line and just see what happens. But yeah, I don't know if that'll happen. It won't. It I won't. Know but you happen. know, I'm just saying. Now, one one thing I will, of course, the Leafs brought in Paul McFarland from the Florida Panthers, and Paul Paul McFarland, and uh, uh, who's their assistant? He is. They're they're both staying with the team. Uh, Dave Haxtall. Okay, the, they'll both remain with the team. So Keith gets these two guys. He inherits a couple guys that ne- weren't necessarily Babcock guys. Uh, at least Paul McFarland wasn't because they, they no, fired and they fired the assistant coach. coaches. They they fired the assistant coaches that were there last in the season. Offseason. Yeah, brought in these two guys. Uh, when you look at their special teams, I mean their Leafs penalty kill has been atrocious. Only four teams have a worse penalty kill than the Leafs, twenty seventh in the league, and uh, their power play not not really much much better. I think they're eighteenth in the league in the power play. So. Uh, they're you know about league league average, but my thought is Sheldon Keith comes in here and maybe makes some immediate changes to the power play. Marley's, I think, are like third or fourth in the American Hockey League for power play percentage. Okay. Uh, so my you know obviously there's a lot that's different about the American Hockey League over the NHL. I I just think he's going to unleash their creativity, like he doesn't. You know, Babcock was very structured. There's no reason you'd bring in another guy who you go, yeah, be, be equally as structured. We right. like that part. No. Like, we want the exact same thing. Yeah. Right, cool. Right. I, I think another thing you'll see is there'll be a lot more input from, from players as to how they play. Like, I think there's going to be, like, I think this team's going to be built 
to play the way that Austin Matthews, John Tavares, Mitch Marner, William Nylander built the way that they want to play. And Morgan Riley, too. I, I think he should be tossed into that oh, as absolutely. well. Like, Morgan Riley is better when he's joining the rush. And I think there's, I don't know, there's some strange hesitancy sometimes with him. And I, I wonder if it's this season in particular has been squeezing the stick a little too hard as you know, the more you lose and things just right. kind of and there was, catapulted. Gosh, I was listening to uh, Matthew Barnaby on XM, and he was he was talking like they wanted to get rid of their coach. And so there were a few few games towards the end where they were like, you know, like you said, squeezing the stick a little hard or just letting a couple goals, a couple guys skate a little bit quicker on purpose. And so, you know, maybe that's what we've had in Toronto. Some guys are just sick of it. And so maybe, you know, they're not playing as hard or they're not, you know, you know, back checking as much as maybe they would normally do on a regular basis. So, yeah. hopefully, things will change for them. I think, uh, you know, they still got great pieces in there. You know, you still look at this roster, you still look at the talent they have, and there's no reason to think they can't turn it around quickly. Do you think that time on ice is about to change? Do you think that, like, right now, Austin Matthews sits at just under 20 minutes a game, 1950? I think that's about right. Uh, John Tavares, 1826, Nylander, 18 minutes. Uh, do you think that some of these guys, ra- rather than, I mean, when you look at guys in the fourth line, they're still getting, I mean, Jason Spetz is still getting 1120 a game. Nick Patan, 11 minutes a game. Frederick Gauthier, basically 11 minutes a game. Like, do you think that some of these minutes lesson for that fourth line and maybe increase for the top. Like you're going to miss the playoffs and you're only going to play Tavares 18 minutes a game. Right. <laughs> Not going to happen. Yeah. Okay. I, I do think we're going to see a big change in the amount of time on ice. A lot of these player get players get. And I think one of them, for example, for me is I think really quick, you're going to see Tyson Berry's time. I think increase a lot. Um, he's sitting right now at 21 minutes, which is pretty on par for a second line guy, but I think he's, he's probably going to be more of a 25 minute guy because one big, one big area of his game that has gone down in terms of time on ice has been on the power play, right? In Colorado, he was that top power play unit specialist. He was out there all the time, and that's how he was you know, able to accumulate a lot of points he, he got last year and in many of his seasons in Colorado, for that matter. And I think you know, with Morgan Riley being the top guy in Toronto, I think you're going to see a shift where you might see Morgan Riley or Tyson Berry see a lot more time with maybe Morgan Riley. Just, I, I think you got to get Cody Cece out of there. Absolutely. Dude, yeah. I mean, as bad as Tyson Berry looks, Cody Cece, oh, it's, I mean, the guy's just a heart attack waiting to happen. Like, he has no idea what to do with the puck. <laughs> he looks dumbfounded most of the time. Uh, even, you know, sometimes you look at, look at a guy's facial expression on the bench, and it just tells you everything. Like, what needs to happen with this with that guy? I mean, he... He was brought in from Ottawa, and remember in Ottawa, he was he was the guy that everyone wanted to get rid of because he made all these stupid mistakes. Same, same thing. I mean, I don't I don't know what you really expect to be put the, the guy in the exact same situation. Well, no, he was expected to be like an, another superstar defenseman behind Eric Carlson in Ottawa. Oh, it didn't really well, right, right. At didn't one pan point, out, right, but right. it was the same thing. He was making stupid mistakes, so they were like, "Crap, you know what do we do with this guy?" Uh, you know, and they tried. They kept trying to make it work with Cody Cece, and it just it never panned out. And so, you know, he eventually comes to Toronto, and he's he hasn't changed. You know, the the player that he was in Ottawa is still the same guy he is in Toronto. It's just that now he's he's got a little bit more talent in front of him to try to maybe mask some of those mistakes. But it's just 
he's playing top line minutes right now, and it's it's hard to mask those when you're out there for 24 minutes a right. game. He's exactly he's playing he's playing 22 minutes a game. He's playing more than Tyson Berry, right? More than I Jake Muzzin. I mean, not not too much of a difference. I mean, we're talking basically an extra shift a game. I just think it's obvious. Cody CC is nothing more like he's he's a you know probably a guy who should be on the third pairing in yeah. a, in a in a real world now maybe the second pairing but he it should be that second pairing where he's getting 19 20 minutes a game penalty kill got time your time. like morgan riley should be getting 27 minutes a game why not yeah especially now Ryan now, that now that you're far out Forget. like you're you need to start winning so you might as well win on the back of your horses Right, like if if they go down, then that's that is what it is. But give some uh, of the younger guys like Travis Dermott a little bit more time. You know, see if they can't really show up and produce. You know, because like you said, Cody Cece's not doing it. He's making quite a few mistakes now. Now, when you when you look at his advanced stats, even strength wise, uh, his Corsi four is fifty two point two. It actually is the highest of his entire career. Uh, and his P, his PDO though. Is 102.2, so that's outrageous. I mean, he's getting incredible goaltending, and his the on ice shooting percentage when he's on the ice, even strength, is 11.3 percent. That's wow, astronomically higher than the average. So I mean, he's also on top of what you know the mistakes that he's made. He's getting insanely lucky. So things could be worse. They could be worse. Things could be worse for Cody Cece. Like it's just time. Take him away from the pressure of having to play against other teams' top players. That's the problem. Is that of course, who are you putting out there? Morgan Riley, you want him, you want Morgan Riley out there against a team's other top players. So Cody Cece has to go with him. But if you just put him on that third pairing or or mix it, mix it, you know, second pairing, third pairing, you maybe are able to shield him a little bit, shelter him, then maybe he can succeed because he's playing against people that aren't the best players on the team. Right. Now, question, are we going to potentially see some moves here in terms of, and not necessarily trades, but I'm talking call-ups with guys maybe like Timothy Lilligren, guys who, you know, maybe the coach is familiar with a little bit more in the Marley system and say, hey, let's let's bring you up. Let's see what you can do. Yeah, that's a, that's a great thought. Uh, I think that that goes along with what I was talking about with Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. bringing in Mike Sullivan. Right. I Rust think we're him. about to see who Sheldon Keefe's boys are. Now, uh, they just called up Pierre Engvall, who uh, he, I think he, his first game was that that Vegas Golden Knights game. Uh, but for the Mar- it was, but for the Marlies, he had 16 points in 15 games. Uh, it's the reason that he was called up. He yeah, had 32 great. points in in 70 games last year, and already 16 through the first 15. So a nice little start for Pierre Engvall, six foot five. He's a monster out there on the wing, but. Uh, I wonder if he was brought up, like obviously, I don't know if if they went into that Golden Knights game knowing like we're gonna fire him, like it's it, it's inevitable. So they brought up Pierre Engvall ahead of ahead of the fact ahead they, of schedule. They needed yeah. to bring up somebody anyways, and so they bring up a guy like Sheldon who should go up, and he said bring this guy up, mm-hmm. knowing he's probably gonna be up there soon right. anyways. And you talk about it too at six foot five. That's that's one thing that. You know, Toronto's always missed his yes. little grit. So, yep. yep. Start bringing those boys up. They need the tall, like big guys, but you need guys that can skate too. But they've got lots of those. So, uh, so yeah, I wonder, does Lil Sandin has got to be my first 
the first guy I'm thinking. Like Rasmus Sandin is going to come up. I think he's going to get called up within the first. Like give give Keith a second to to get his bearings. Mm-hmm. Sandin comes up and Sandin immediately takes CC's spot and knocks CC down to the third pairing. Give Sandin like throw him to the wolves and let's see what the guy can do. I mean, the guy in the preseason was played like 28 minutes that one game. He can play. He'll be fine. Uh, you could you could also maybe make he's the case looking real for, good for the Marlies right now too. Nine points in nine games. So yeah. Yep, and you could you could make the case for for Timothy Lilligren. I think that they want to keep him uh, down there, but him and him also eight points in the first thirteen games. Uh, I I think that Sandin is maybe more NHL ready, but I mean you know you, you've got a lot of guys up on this this team that maybe don't. It's not that they don't deserve to be there, but you you've got a lot of randoms. Like I think you've got a lot of guys. You can Martin Marinson, Justin Hall. I think you can move guys around. Uh, so we'll we'll see who ends up coming up. I'm I'm predicting Sandin comes up and he will take a spot in the top four. Okay, within the next two or three weeks he'll he'll be called up. Interesting, yeah, and it, and that's more than feasible too because just their cap situation again. I think you know you can you can put a guy on waivers or you can just send a guy down anyways, and you can easily swap him in and out right, and it doesn't hurt your cap situation. Now, speaking of cap, now the one area I worry about is their backup goaltending situation. Well, I'll say this: backup goaltending wise. He he was you know they were they were like in a one A one B kind of situation with the Marlies with uh, with Kasik Kask Kask Casimir yeah Kask, just go Casimir Kaskasuo uh, I I know his his name's pronounced weird I I can't remember how yeah. it but anyways so uh, he's I mean he played great with the Marlies and I'm wondering if Keith comes up. He knows how this guy likes to play. He's been there, you know, for uh, for a couple years. He's been there since 2015-16. So, as long as as uh, as Sheldon Keefe is with the Marlies, so was Casimir. Kes- Kes- Casimir, yeah. And he's 26, <laughs> so he he should be right coming, you know, right should getting right. the form yep. and you know, if you if you if you think you can get something out of him, now's the time to find out. Yep, yep, I agree, and I think that he will continue to get an opportunity. You're not gonna you're not gonna write him off for that one game against the Penguins because that was a joke. Like the team played it's almost insulting in to that guy. You really like you can't get up for a game. It's this guy's first NHL game, and you're gonna do that. To right, him. you're gonna play like that. It's crap. So I yeah, I think I think there's a chance that maybe he he is the system that Keith plays. He's so comfortable with it. I mean, as a goaltender, if you know where guys are going to be, I mean, you know how much easier it is to play oh, absolutely. When, you, when you know who's in front of you and you're I comfortable. I felt way more with- comfortable when you were on the ice. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. I was like, okay, sweet. I know he'll back check. I know he's going to be yeah. covering his own end. He's not yeah. going to try to rush up and, you know, leave me hanging. So in, uh, in beer league, better. if you know you have a guy who's <laughs> not going to leave you, ah, forget you, bro. Yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah mo- uh, no knock on Modi, but man, he just... You know, if he left the defensive zone, just forget about it. I, the puck was coming back the other way, and he wasn't coming back. <laughs> oh man, Modi gets the shout out. I love in Modi a, in, a, in the bad, <laughs> in the worst way. Uh, love you, bro. So, I want to throw that. I want to swing over to the Babcock side. Do you think Babcock coaches somewhere else this season? This season, no. I don't think so. I think he's going to take the breather. Yeah, I think he he needs a breather. I think he needs to really reassess, you know, hey, can I, you know, do I need to change what I'm doing? And I think, you know, if he gets thrown in somewhere, he's going to be expected to win and win quick. Yeah. 
And so I think if he takes the time and he really, you know, just focuses and readjusts his his coaching strategy, maybe just, you know, tweaks it a bit here and there, you know, he could find success in another system somewhere. Mike Babcock, World Championships head coach for Canada. Ooh, interesting. He'll go there. You, you know, some like there's a chance maybe Sidney Crosby's over there. There's like there's going to be some some good <laughs> some good players right end up there and. <laughs> Um, he'll kind of find his people will go, Oh yeah, Babcock. Oh, he is a really good coach and, and he'll do great over there. And then someone will, you know, it'll, it'll entice someone enough. He also, something I was thinking of, all right, for the next three years, he's getting paid 6.25 million by the Leafs. So there's nothing stopping him from going to a, a smaller market team and saying, you know, I'm, I'm willing to, I'll take a a pay cut. Yeah. I'll take 2 million here. Give me me 2 million. I'm getting my, my six over here. And, some a team that maybe wouldn't normally be able to afford Mike Babcock can afford him. Either that or he goes, no, nah, I'm going somewhere. I'm getting eight. Right. <laughs> he could do that. Yeah. I want Joe Quinville money. I, I don't so. I don't know. Could he, though? He really hasn't done anything. No. And I, I completely agree. He just hasn't done anything since Detroit. And I mean, like look. now now see what he did with the Leafs in the beginning. He now they finished last place the one year, but that wasn't his fault. That was because they sold the farm. Sure. Uh but the year that they made the playoffs went went against Washington. They had no business being in the playoffs. He milked that team for everything they were worth, and he got them to the playoffs. I, I think he he that was his best coaching performance in Toronto. Okay, uh, even the even the following year, you know, you're talking Matthews rookie in second year, Marner's rookie second year. Like he got those guys playing a, a certain way, and and that's fine. I think he taught them a lot about how to play, and he milked a lot of guys. Uh, Really, I mean, gave Frederick Anderson, I don't, you know, as much as Frederick Anderson, I'm sure, would say he did it on his own. I mean, the fact that Babcock trusted him so much, put him in there so often, uh, he definitely put him in the in the limelight. And I think we all know how good he is because of what Babcock did for him. So I think there's a lot of good that he did. But it was once the team, he had been there too long. I, I think he's just kind of a guy with a, an expiration date. Yeah. Can you guess who the longest tenured coach is in the NHL right now? Longest tenured coach. Am I going to be surprised? I think it is kind of a shocker of a name, but hmm. guy who I, probably, you know, has has gotten the the let's fire this guy chant a few times from fans, but I'm going to I'm going to say John Cooper of the is, Tampa yeah. Bay Lightning. Yeah. And uh Probably maybe a place that I think he could, you know, Babcock could end up. Maybe uh, the the second longest tenure coach is a Paul Maurice. Wow, Winnipeg. I don't see. I don't think Mike Babcock would want to go to Winnipeg. You don't think so? Maybe a place like Minnesota with Boos well, Brujo if he's on the his hot family seat. lives here in Detroit. That's a true. lot of them. Other like his daughter just graduated from Michigan, and uh, his his some of his other families near Toronto. Like I I don't think he'd want to go super far. But okay, so Minnesota maybe. Uh, Columbus, if Torch doesn't stay there for too long, yeah, I don't know if I see Babcock taking a job like Columbus. Okay, I, I don't, I don't know where Babcock will end up, but I, I think that he, there's a strong chance he coaches Canada in the World Championships. I, I think there's also a chance that, yeah, maybe he just takes the next year and a half, just enjoys his life, because he really he took that Toronto job, and I remember him saying, "I've already done everything in Detroit, right? Like I've won, I've won a Stanley Cup, like." I've done a lot of things, but I've no one's won the cup in Toronto yeah, for a really, really long, really time. long time. Yeah, 
and and that was i think that was the dream so now well, he won't you know, get to do that you have to almost like okay the dream's gone now sometimes it takes somebody a minute to to figure out what their next next step is but we'll we'll see money talks certainly money talks um okay leafs sit nine and nine and ten nine ten and something nine ten and four or something do the leafs make the playoffs boy that is a tough question. Um, I got to say yes. I mean, I know they've got a lot ahead of them in terms of just, you know, they got to they gotta get it going and they got to get it going quick. They're sitting in 10th, so they're not too far out. They're only a couple points out of a wild card spot. Um, only but played I, five more games in Tampa Bay. Right. Tampa Bay is two points behind them. Right. Uh, yeah, Tampa Bay will get back up there too. But, um, I mean, you look at teams like, for instance, Montreal, right? I mean, I, I do think they have a strong chance of making the playoffs too, but, you know, we talked about stats for a team, right? Toronto sitting down there uh, in terms of penalty kill. Montreal is the worst penalty kill team in the league, but for some reason they keep winning, you know, they, they keep having success. Um, I don't know if they can sustain that type of success. Um, I, I think maybe some other teams too, like, um, you know, Buffalo, you know they're they're starting to come back down to earth. They're they're doing the exact same thing they did last year, yep. where they were on top of the world and they're crashing back down. And yep. it seems like that's happening again. You know, Philly are they going to, you know, continue to have success? Maybe, um, but I, I think there are some teams that are, in terms of my opinion on them, is a little bit dicey, a little shaky. And um, you know, Toronto to me, I think when you look at the teams in front of them, like Buffalo, Philly, Montreal, I just look at Toronto's talent on their roster and say if they can just get it going a little bit, right. they can jump these teams. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna say that uh, the playoffs are definitely. I'm not worried about them making the playoffs still right now. I, I think St. Louis. I'm, I'm not thinking that the Leafs are going to be a St. Louis, uh, but I, I do think that the teams ahead of them right now. I I actually still think Pittsburgh. They they've actually looked really good with despite a lot of injuries. Right. Uh, I think they've gotten a little lucky because of all the injuries that they've still managed to to continue moving along and no Crosby Murray, and they're still there. Matt Murray's been a lot better, a lot more consistent and uh I but I look at Florida. I don't know if Florida continues along this kind of clip. 11-5 and 5. I mean they're they're on pace for uh like a 110 point season. I don't yeah. think that that actually comes to fruition. Uh Montreal too. I I think Montreal what we've seen is that they can have really nice stretches, but they can also get beaten down and we'll, we'll find out. I mean, a lot of this just comes down to injuries, you know, it's, and the Leafs in reality have been pretty hammered by injuries, but so is Pittsburgh. Uh, so sometimes those injuries can get you and sometimes you can battle through them. And uh, unfortunately, I think that it, a lot of it has to do with, Hey, there's 30 plus million dollars into three players in the Leafs. And so you can't have the same kind of depth that Pittsburgh can because their two best or, you know, their two best or, or three best are making 23 million. So it's uh yeah. Yeah. You got a couple uh, extra bucks to go around. It makes a big difference. Um, it's a whole extra player. That's a whole extra, really good player. <laughs> you better be a darn good player. Mitch Marner. Oh uh, boy. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, any last final thoughts? Mike Babcock out as Leafs coach. Yeah. Let me just, I, I guess, maybe just for a fun little, um, you know, closer here. Who do you think maybe is the next coach that could get canned? 
Ah, that's a great question. The next coach that could get canned. Well, it usually doesn't take much other than taking a peek at the bottom of the standings. There you go. Well, I think the obvious one might be Bruce Boudreaux. New GM up there. Right. Ron Hextall takes over. Um, Once his eight, guy. 11 and two, you know, they're, they've really, really struggled on the road. Uh, one thing about Minnesota to keep in mind, four and 10 on the road, four, one and two at home. Wow. So they have 14 games away and they've only played seven at home. So maybe they get their home games and they, they'll, they'll probably shoot up the standings a little bit, but uh, that's possible. I also think, you know, if, if Nashville doesn't get it going here, if Nashville keeps toiling down there, do, do they make a move? Because yeah. they bring in Matt Duchesne and they Laviolette, the third yeah. longest tenured coach, and uh, you know maybe maybe it's maybe it's time. I to me, I think that that's that team is a little more about the way it's built, less about their coaching. But sometimes you just need a change for change sake. So okay, for me, I'm going to say John Hines of New, New Jersey. Jersey. Yeah, okay, maybe try to figure out a way to keep Taylor Hall there, but they they're you know, at least. Knows? Five, four, and one in their last ten. Like they're they're showing some signs of life, um, but you're right. Like PK Subban hasn't looked good. Like I think it it may just be time for a different voice. Boy, I can't remember who it was last Babcock. Night. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember who it was last night. But undressed PK Subban, and my God, it just looked ugly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, could you? Yeah, you know what. Mike Babcock benched P.K. Subban during those Olympics. That's true. So maybe he wouldn't be the best choice. <laughs> I feel like P.K. Subban might hold grudges. Maybe. There's a chance. Not just put, not putting an eye on you, but, you know. He definitely doesn't seem like a guy who doesn't hold grudges. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's that's what I'll say. I, also, Columbus, I mean, John Tortorella, they're not supposed to be that good, but they have they have been pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, they they can't score a goal for the life of them. Fifty goals so far this year. The next lowest, the L.A. Kings at or New Jersey actually at fifty one. Uh, but yeah, fifty goals in twenty games. That's that's rough. Boy, I need to score some goals. Well, that's our Leafs deep dive. We'll uh, we'll continue. Obviously, like as the situation unfolds, we'll continue to talk about it. And uh, yeah, as I think this is that time of year where. If you've got high expectations and your team isn't in it, there's a chance the coach gets fired. And once one goes, there can be a domino. Because then other teams start trying to scoop up your guy. and Or they go, like, who else goes, Babcock's out there? Let's see if we can get him. Right. Yeah, last year, no coaches getting fired during yeah. the season. Well, I'm sorry, one. But, yeah. And they went to the finals. Right. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe somebody else fires their coach because they don't want last year to happen again. Right. They're like, we... We can't have them be the only team to fire their coach and then go to the finals. Right. <laughs> There's got to be enough GMs in the league who would hate if the Leafs won the Stanley Cup, that somebody's willing to do that. Oh, right? boy. Spite. All right, that's our show. Let us know what you thought. At OT Hockey Talk on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we we trust that uh, Mike Babcock, thanks for, thanks for all you did for the Leafs, but uh, too little, too late. And really the players that they drafted – Probably did more than you did. Whoops. I'll post a picture of me and Mike Babcock the night after my wedding. <laughs> that's on great. On our Instagram. Because I found him in a hotel. Well, that sounds like I stocked him out. He was in the hotel that we got married in. He was. Yeah, I remember driving by and just seeing him and just freaking out. I'm like, oh my gosh, Mark's going to lose it. Yep. And then I took a picture with him. 
And uh, now he's fired. Don't take pictures with me.